0: Love you. Love you. Um, our worship is God's amazing. The Lord rescued me, so I can stand and say, "I'm a child of God." I'm gonna be honest with you. I've got emotions all over the place. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, energized, ready, prepared, uh, scared to death. Um, but, um, but I'm glad to have the opportunity to share what God's put on my heart this morning. Um, it's been a long time coming. And before I do, I want to explain a little bit about who I think this message is for. And then I want to give you a description as to why the title, Resurrecting Pain. And this message, as it came to me, and I started diving into the Word. Um, obviously, it's coming from here because it's, it's my testimony. And for those of you out there that maybe you're not a, at a place in your relationship with, your, with Christ where you want to be, or, or maybe you're still challenging a sin that, that you just can't seem to shake and you're trying to get through it. Or maybe, you know, maybe you've had something in your past. You've been abandoned, afflicted. Um, you've got wounds in your past that you just can't seem to make the connection with what you've been through, and the trials that you face today. This is for you. And I want to encourage you that that God isn't done with you yet. If you got breath in your lungs, and you have a passion for this Father that we serve, He is not done. Amen. Not one bit. So don't allow the limitations of your flesh to hold you back. Listen to this. I think this word is for you. Resurrecting pain. So this the title's a little... I was talking to Tim just a little bit about it last night. Amy and I uh, were, were discussing what would be the right title for this message. And so when you think of resurrecting pain, like I think resurrection is like the bringing up, uh, the resurrecting uh, from death to life, the renewal of life. And then you throw the word pain in there, and it's like, hold up now, Andrew. We don't want to resurrect pain. We don't want to bring pain back into life. But in essence, that's exactly what we want to do. Because the idea of recovery is to press back into pain. So when we go through this valley, this story with Ezekiel, when we go through the valley of dry bones, the idea is that God wants us to get get us to a place in the Spirit of the Lord so that He can begin to awaken the wounds, the pain, that we have set up as a foundation in who we are, awaken it to inject truth. Resurrecting pain. So, I'm going to read through Ezekiel. Now, it is this this sermon scripture heavy, so hang with me. Please bear with me this morning. Um, But I want to read through the full uh, part of Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14 with you. So, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, There were very many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put tendons on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling of the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the tendons and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over. But there was no breath in them. Also he said to me, Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds of the breath, uh, breath And breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded and breath came into them and they lived and stood upon their feet. An exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say our bones are dry, our hope is lost and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, O my people, I will open your graves cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel, then you shall know that I am the Lord. Oh, my people. Oh, I'm sorry. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves. Oh, my people and brought you up from your graves. I will put my spirit in you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. Let me pray. Father God, I just come to you this morning. And Lord, as we work through this scripture, I pray that you use me, God. The only person that can get in the way at this point is me. And so I pray that I, as I have searched you in the spirit, Lord, that this word is true. And that the words that come out of my mouth bring you glory. Lord, that they're precise and clear. That the message is right for this morning. And God, I pray that your people hear this word. That they find a way to apply it to their lives. Use me, God. As a willing vessel this morning, be here in this place and allow us to grasp something different. Let today be a day of change. Let us not carry the bondage, the sin, the frustration of this life any longer. Let us truly look at you and truly know that you are God. God Almighty. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to walk with you through this chapter of Ezekiel, and this is a bit of a different way that I've ever spoke before, so um, it's going to be kind of interesting, but I want to give it to you from the perspective of Ezekiel and kind of his experience as he's going through this dream. So let's start in, in the first verse. The hand of the Lord came upon me, listen to this, brought me out, brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Now, this is an extremely important part of the process in what God was preparing to reveal to Ezekiel. So if you look at Ezekiel, Ezekiel being a prophet, um, and this is true for many other prophets in Scripture, when when he is um, receiving a a revelation, um, a vision, a dream, a word of inspiration that in turn he'll eventually write down in his book, um, he describes the way the Lord brought this information to him. And, and what you'll find is that through the majority of the book of Ezekiel, when he describes how God chose to communicate with him, he typically says, the word of the Lord came to me saying. The word of the Lord came to me saying. But notice the difference in chapter 37. He doesn't say the word of the Lord came to me saying. He says the Lord brought me out. The Lord brought me out in the spirit of the Lord. You see, what God is about to reveal to Ezekiel in chapter 37 requires Ezekiel to be in a different position from a physical, spiritual sense to be able to receive or comprehend the message in which God wants to reveal to him. God is saying to Ezekiel, listen, I have something so profound that I want to show you, something so important that I want to show you about your life or about what you're going to go through, the season in which you're about to face. But you in the flesh is a problem for me. Because if I show you in the flesh, it is likely that your flesh won't comprehend it. So your flesh might deny it. Because what I have to say will violate, listen to this, could violate the law. Of this world and the limitations of your flesh. I wanna take you through a valley of dry bones and show you something that you otherwise would never understand. Ezekiel, I need you out in the spirit of the Lord. Your flesh won't cut it for this message. He needs him in a quiet, private place. Same thing with us. He needs us in a quiet, private place where we can seek Him without distraction, without resistance. And so as we go through this, I want to I begin with a question. The promises of God are all through Scripture. And He promises things in heaven, but He also promises things here on earth. And so think about this question. How often do we miss... The manifestation of God's promise here on earth because we don't allow truth to be received in the spirit. This is why it is so vitally important for us as followers to not just seek him. We're all good hearted people trying to get to a better place in our relationship with Christ to not just seek him, but to seek him in such a way where he can speak to us In the spirit, spirit of God, Ezekiel, I need you out in the spirit of the Lord. So to make sense of this, because once we make, um, once this fact is made, it's only going to get a little bit deeper from here. So to make sense of this, I want to give you an example. We actually do the same thing as parents and how we choose to communicate with our children. So if, if, if I'm going to, to walk out on the front porch and tell my boys it's time to eat. Okay. So I walk out on the front porch and I say, boys, let's eat. Now, what I would love to have happen is they immediately drop their stuff, right? They run in, take their shoes off, wash their hands, sit at the table quietly. It's kind of like a dream. (laughs) It doesn't really happen that way. Okay, that's what I would like to have happen. But this is what really happens. Because I'm their father, I know my boys. And so when I walk out on the front porch and I say, boys, it's time to eat, You see, Drew is in the middle of a 2v2 basketball game with his brother Benji, and he's not Drew. He's Kyrie Irving, right? So he's balling, dishing the pass to Benji. Benji's throwing up the shot, and in the middle of nowhere, here comes Jacob in his motorcycle, thinking that he's in the biggest motocross race of his life. Now, hang on to this, okay? Because of the distractions of their life, they hear me speak. Yeah, dad, they hear me speak, but they don't comprehend my message. So as a parent, what we do is we judge the importance of our message to the setting in which we decide to give it. So if I want to speak life into my children, if I want to say, Benji, Jake, I need to speak to you. I'll take them into a private room without technology, without distraction. I'll tell them, you stand up and you look me in the eye, son. You are a man of God. God is preparing you. God is preparing you for something great. He has equipped you with all the skills that you need. Don't you let another friend tell you that you're not capable? You're capable. Because when I speak life into them, I'm not speaking to the flesh. Benji or Jake or Drew, I'm speaking to the spirit of what makes them who they are. I want to set a seed so deep to strengthen their spirit so that when they come into the flesh, they're prepared for battle. Their spirit will override the flesh and the limitations of it. You see that? Now listen to this. This is interesting. If I walked out on the front porch to offer them food to eat, and they haven't ate in three days, what will they do? If Jake ain't in two hours, he's coming running anyway. He's He's kind of the odd one out. Food, and he's on his way anyway. But if they haven't eaten three days, they're coming. Why? My message didn't change. My message didn't change. You see, at that point, and we tend to do this all the time with our relationship with Christ, we run quickly when we're at a point of desperation. See, the only change was they were desperate. So the more desperate we become the more willing we are to yield ourselves to the voice of our Father. You see that? Now listen, here's what's nerve-wracking for me. I think the enemy knows that too. So I think the attack of the enemy isn't always to kill you. The attack of the enemy is to keep you at bay, living a life of mediocrity so that you do nothing special for Christ, keeping you pushed back just enough. So that you're not too desperate to experience what God has for you. So I want to hang with this thought that for God to communicate with us at times, we need to get to a place so that we can come out, Ezekiel, come out in the spirit of the Lord because I need to show you something in the spirit. So I want to jump real quick away from Ezekiel um, to 1 Corinthians 2, 9-16 to expand uh, the spirit of the Lord. First Corinthians 2, 9 through 16, but as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For his spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man, except the spirit of a man which is in him? What man knows, the things of a man except the spirit of the man that is in him. What do you actually know about you, except the spirit of God that is within you? Andrew, what do you know about the things you've been through, about your makeup, what makes you who you are? What do you know in the flesh, except the spirit that lives within you? You see, in in, Jeremiah, Jeremiah is receiving a vision Uh, and he's at the potter's house and listen to this God gives him this vision he says listen O house of Israel can I not do with you as this potter says the Lord look as the clay is in the potter's hand so are you in my hand God is crying out saying listen I formed you in your mother's womb I know what you've been through I know what you're going to go through I know everything about you seek me In the spirit of the Lord so that I can reveal truth to you. Come to me, son, and allow my transcending power to strengthen your spirit. That's what he's trying to say. Come to me in the spirit of the Lord. Why? Because as a man, we will not know the things of a man except the spirit of a man that is within us. We seek and we try so hard. To figure out why we go through the things we go through. Our intent is right. Like Tate often said it in his message. Our intent is right. Our formula is flipped. We're trying to figure it out here. And not in the spirit of the Lord. Uh, Jim asked a question. Me and Amy were coming home from um, the mountains on Tuesday. Listening to the message that you guys heard um, last week. And he asked a question or posed a question that was... Um, that was very interesting, very powerful, and I thought, though, was very challenging to answer. And, and the question that he asked was, what lie are you believing? What lie are you believing? Think about that. I mean, for me, um, that was a, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. And for some of you, I think maybe you've done the work. Um, where you, you've you really done some soul searching, you've really connected with the Lord, the Lord has begun to reveal things to you. Um, but for the majority of us, that's not an easy question to come across. It's hard to identify uh, um, the, the life-altering lies that have changed our core belief. It's hard, even more hard, maybe impossible, to identify them in the flesh. And so... What I would be willing to bet is that most everybody in here were good-hearted people. Good-hearted people trying to do good things. And so I think that it would be true if we could easily identify the life-altering lies that we have connected with that have affected our relationship with Christ, that have affected our relationship with, with our spouse, our children, has changed the way we live, that if we could easily just come across that, wouldn't we change it? Now listen, you're looking, you're looking at a man that for 21 out of my 33 years, I thought this was false. Bought into a lie. Bought into a lie and knew better. But knowledge, it don't fix it. Why? For what man knows, the things of a man except the Spirit of God that is within him. We try too often to fix us with us instead of allowing God to meet us and to reveal truth to us in the Spirit. Listen to this Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. We have received the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us. For what man knows the things of a man except the things of a man, except the spirit that is within the man, the spirit? God has given us the spirit of God. So that what? So that we might know the things that he has freely given to us. Listen to 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Romans 8, 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead. Listen to that. If Christ is in you, the body is dead of sin. But the Spirit of life But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. The body is dead, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. I was listening to a a podcast this week, and it was kind of positioned this way, which I thought was pretty interesting. There are three forms to the body of Christ, three forms. And very seldom do we see them all together in one place except, um, except at the Passover. Okay, So at the Passover, you have the physical body of Christ represented by Jesus. So we have Jesus at the Passover serving the memorial body of Christ, which is the bread and the wine. Take this bread, break it as a memory of who I am and what I did on the cross for you. Take this wine and drink it as the bloodshed of my life for your sin. You have Jesus in the physical body of Christ serving serving the memorial body of Christ, to the church, the spiritual body of Christ. You have the physical serving the memorial to the spiritual body of Christ. All three manifested in one place around one table. Now listen, if the enemy knew that, he would have never crucified Jesus. Why? His idea was if we could crucify Jesus and eliminate His physical body, then we would have no battle any longer. But all that He did is when He killed Jesus, crucified Jesus in the physical, the physical body of Christ transcended into the spiritual body of Christ, multiplied through the church so that we could continue His work. It was a poor choice. Now that we carry the spiritual body of Christ, our flesh... Is what? Dead. So we are covered with Christ. So when Christ sees you, He doesn't see you. He sees Jesus. He sees the righteousness of God. That is why we can sing these songs. God rescued me. He rescued me, Andrew, so that I may be covered with the righteousness of Christ. Now... To prove that, think about Jesus. And I've never heard it this way. This was mind-blowing for me. With Jesus, when He saw Jesus on the cross, He didn't see His Son. He saw us. He saw your sin. That's why Jesus, and I'll have to read this because it's in Scripture and I can't say it very well, but that's why Jesus, in the late hour of the night, cries out, Eli, Eli, lama sabakaf, Sabba." I don't do it like Jim. Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now think about this. Jesus, who very well knew clearly the purpose of his life, he understood the cross more than anybody understood it. His disciples had no clue. They fought to defend it. He understood the purpose of the cross. He's on the cross late at night and is now crying out, my father, why have you forsaken me? The reason He felt forsaken is because He was covered up with you. So that we may have the opportunity, listen to this, so that we may have the opportunity to be covered up with Him. So that we could continue the work. This is why Jesus says, listen, when you go to my Father, whose name do you go in? You don't go in your name. When you go to the Father, if the Spirit of the Lord lives in you, you go to the Father in my name, Jesus Yahweh, you go to the Father in my name. Ezekiel, I need you out in the Spirit of the Lord so that I can reveal truth to you. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Listen to this. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. The natural man. What man knows? The things of a man, except the spirit that lives within the man. The natural man doesn't know. He doesn't receive the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them, because they are what? Spiritually discerned. Spiritually discerned. This is, in my opinion, the major disconnect. Our approach and our posture is wrong. We try hard. We're working at it. We're giving it our best shot, but our posture is wrong. We struggle, I feel, this is the way I was anyway. I struggled with how God talked about freedom um, and how God talked about there's a way of an escape. Uh, And I would cry out to God in the midst of my trials. And listen, I've lived a messy life. And let me encourage you in one way. If you try to limit the way God can use you by your past, you're doing it the wrong way. Listen to me. Be an ambassador for whatever God brought you through. So I'm a messy life. Let me be an ambassador for God's grace and mercy. For those of you, be an ambassador for whatever God brought you through. He wants to use you. He wants to use you. We sit there and we struggle. Why is it that in this word that we read, there's talk about all this freedom? Yet we continue to experience bondage. He talks about freedom from sin, yet we keep struggling. He talks about abundance, abundance in relationship, abundance in our finance, yet we keep experiencing lack. And listen to this. He talks about a life without anxiety. Do not be anxious about anything. The peace of God will transcend. You don't need to be anxious. Yet there's over 5 million deaths a year worldwide, attributed to anxiety? Why, if we as believers believe that these things are true and real, why is it that we don't experience the freedom when just above it we read a scripture that it was freely given? You know, for me, um, this did not become true for me. And Tim was generous to say such nice things, but Tim and I had an opportunity to get away. And, I, and, and I don't, I'm not saying that to hear from the Lord you have to give away, get away or anything like that, but this is how it happened for me, okay? Me and this man right here had an opportunity to escape, get away, remove technology, remove all the things that are a distraction in our life. And a year and a half ago, we got to spend three days... In the Word, three days, draw me out. Andrew, come out in the Spirit of the Lord. We had the opportunity to come out in the Spirit of the Lord. And in that moment, God revealed more truth to me about the garbage I had been carrying for 21 years of my life. And I denied it every moment. Denied it. Thought it had no way of connecting to who I was today. God called us out. We had the opportunity and he revealed truth. God desires to resurrect the pain within your life. I want to wrap up my first point this way. I know, it's just, it's okay. The second point's not so long, I promise. Um, I believe that there are so many things that God desires to reveal to your flesh. Uh, that, to reveal to you that your flesh won't understand. Things about your past, your present, your future, your struggles, your affliction, anything that you've ever been through. Maybe it's the way that people have hurted heard, you, abandoned an offense that you've taken up. God wants to reveal truth to that. But we have to get to a place where He can shed light from the Spirit. Because what He wants to tell us, oftentimes we can't gather in the flesh. Get to a place where he can reveal truth. Listen to this. No man knows the things of a man except the spirit within us. The spirit within us is from God, freely given by God. With the spirit that's within us, we now have the ability to discern. Listen to this. We now have the ability to discern the things from the spirit of God about who? About the man. It comes full circle. But we have to connect first in the Spirit. Listen to this. Then he calls. So we're back to Ezekiel. Then he calls me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. Ezekiel's traveling through this valley of bones. And indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, "O oh Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, now I love this right here, because Ezekiel's, and and this is how I picture it, right? So first off, Ezekiel's been taken in a vision out in the spirit of the Lord to a valley of dead bones, which is a little freaky anyway, right? Okay. So then the Lord lets him pass by and God asks him and says, uh, can these bones live? And I see Ezekiel saying, you know, I don't know. Why'd you bring me here? Like you got this figured out. Okay. But listen to this. He isn't going to let Ezekiel get away without answering the question. Why? He wants Ezekiel to prophesy, not him. He knows he has the power. He doesn't need the power. He needs us to have the power. So he says, Ezekiel, I need you to speak truth. Why? If you can't get strength in the Spirit, there is no way you will handle the battle in the flesh. I have to strengthen you in your prayer closet here in in the Spirit of God. Strengthen your spirit so that when you come out to the world and you battle the sin in which you can't overcome, you now can because the Spirit of God within you is strengthened to overcome the flesh that you can't pass. You understand me? So then we get back into the Spirit of God. So he doesn't let Ezekiel get away with it. Sorry, I shook my thing here. So, listen to this. He says, Prophesy to these bones. And say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. Surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put tendons on you and bring flesh upon you. Cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied. I love that. So Ezekiel says, well, you done brought me down here. You done told me to prophesy. So what am I going to do? I'm going to prophesy. I love that right there. Nick, that was for you. Okay, so he says, so I prophesied, and as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, listen to this, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone, indeed, as I looked, the tendons in the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Mm. There was no breath in them. You see, sometimes it takes consistency and truth to fight Battle of your lies. Consistency of truth. One time doesn't cut it. You can't just go to the Lord in the Spirit and Him reveal truth to you and then you go back. The experience that me and Tim had was absolutely amazing, life changing. But the reality is, we still have to get right back in the Spirit of the Lord every day. Why? Because we have to be strengthened because our flesh is weak. You can't do it once, it doesn't work. You can't flee once. You have to flee every time. You have to flee. I heard, I heard this a while back, and it was a, pr- a pretty cool analogy, I felt. You may not like it, but, but it was uh, a guy was preaching. He said, have you ever thought about church? Think about if you were watching a football game. If you were watching a football game, and the offense came together to call a play, and they got pumped, they got motivated, they got ready, and you could hear them shouting. Then all of a sudden, they said, break, and they all ran to the sideline. You know, the defense would be like, What is this? And then they come back. They get back in the huddle. They get motivated. They get excited. And then they say, break. They hit the sideline again. You ever thought about church that way? Now, not all of us, but some of us. Right here. Me. Get motivated on Sunday morning. Get hyped up because of good worship service. And it's good. Get refueled. Break. And we're right back doing the same thing on Monday. And we wonder why the world thinks... That it's a bit off. We have to stay consistent in speaking truth. But the truth that we get has to be in the spirit because we won't comprehend it in the flesh. The spirit of God will be strengthened within us to overcome the attack of the enemy. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So what did I do, Nick? I prophesy. Yeah, I prophesy. As he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Watch this. There is so much in this chapter. Watch this. Up until now, at least from the scripture that I have read, Ezekiel has never, never knew who he was prophesying to. He never knew. You see, if Ezekiel was in the flesh, he might be tempted to ask some unnecessary questions Whose bones are these? What happened to them? Can I resurrect dead bones? I, no, I ain't never seen that before. Or how about some questions that might be a little bit more familiar? for you. Listen, Father, I know you say my marriage can be restored. You tell me that. My marriage is in shackles. This thing ain't getting fixed. My children? My children won't ever talk to me again. No way. You talk about success, prosperity. Now listen, I got a high school education. That ain't real. That ain't my story. We do it all the time from the flesh. If we're in the Spirit, we won't question unnecessary things. We will take the Lord's Word as truth and allow the truth to be injected into the areas of our life, the pain that we have held up, the wounds that we have held up. Prophesy. Not because of who you are, but because of who I am. When Ezekiel was in the Valley of Dry Bones, he never prophesied because of his ability. I promise you that. Ezekiel prophesied because God told him to. Prophesy. I will. My marriage will be restored. Why? Because of God. That's why. That's simple. I will be prosperous. Why? Because God said it's true. That's why. My children will follow the Lord. Why? Because I will stay on my knees day and night. Because I know that I have raised them in the correction of the Lord. And I believe His promise. And I have guided them the right way. And God will come true. Come full circle and bring my children to follow Him. Why? Because of who He is. They indeed say our bones are dry. Our hope is lost. And we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from the graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. When I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves, I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, Have spoken it and performed it. Tate, you guys can come up. I'm going to wrap this thing up. I want to end with this. When the children of Israel were resurrected from the dead, their first statement, My hope is lost, my bones are dry, and we are cut off. God had already done so much for them, they were a pile of bones. And God resurrected them, put flesh on them, put tendons on them, got them prepared, got them equipped, put breath in their lungs. And their first thing they say is we're hopeless. It's funny to me how often we in the flesh forget how far God has brought us and how much he has already done for us. Listen to this. Your flesh, given enough authority, will discount the seasons of your past to allow you to accept the life of your present so that you do nothing great for God. Do not hang your hat on the information of your flesh. No man knows the things of a man except the spirit that is within the man. The spirit is from God. The spirit is from God. We discern through the Spirit. Come behold the works of the Lord who has made desolation in the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still, be still, be still, be still and know. Be still and know. Get to a place. Guys, listen, I want to encourage you if you are in this room and you are still struggling with whatever it may be you're struggling with. For me, it's been all kinds of things. It's been shame. It's been guilt. It's been doubt. Okay? It's been things that poor choices that I've made. Okay? Be still and know that He is God. And when you get still and pursue Him in a quiet place, through His Word, through His Scripture, through prayer, God will begin to reveal truth in the dark areas of your life that you have been suffering from for so long, 21 years, 21 years. And I knew better. I knew better. Don't carry it. Don't carry the bondage any longer. 20 seconds of courage to lay it down 20 seconds of courage to lay it down could mean a lifetime with the shackles broken. Don't limit what God can do for you. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, I just want to come to you this morning. God, I thank you for your word. And Lord, I know you're sitting there with so many things you want to reveal to us, but oftentimes we just don't get to a place where we can hear you. There just seems to be a disconnect at times. And so God, I ask that as your people begin to lay down and begin to search beyond the flesh to try to connect with you in the spirit, Lord, that your truth will become like a flood, that the revelation of truth and reality begins to overflood the flesh. Lord, that they understand now for the first time in their life why they struggle maybe in the ways that they struggle. They now set free. They now know how to fight back the attack of the enemy. No longer do we have to carry... The bondage, the shame, the guilt, no longer. You've set us free so that we can stand and give you glory. You are God Almighty. And I thank you for all that you've done in my life, my wife's life, my marriage, my family. And I thank you for this amazing church who never doubted, who stood right beside through the ups and the downs in the valley of the dry bones, who spoke truth into my family's life. God, I thank you for people that get it. I thank you. For your followers that understand. And God, I just pray we give you all the glory. In your name I pray. Amen.